Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. The Opinions, The Panel. here on SENZ and it is panel time and this morning uh, Ollie Ritchie and Brad Lewis uh, are with us. So uh, Ollie, I'd like to start with you on a couple of uh, rugby matters. So Glenn Moore's stepped down, um, just uh, heading into Easter. So we've had three or four days to digest that. Uh, Do we have an obvious successor, do we, uh, waiting in the wings? Um, And if if it isn't, uh, is it as simple as this? I mean, my understanding is that uh, Wayne Smith, since he's been around the team, has pretty much been running the cutter anyway. So why don't they just just say Wayne Smith, head coach for the World Cup? Yeah, um, morning, morning, Smithy. Morning to you, Brad, as well. Um, look, that would make uh, a lot of sense, uh, wouldn't it, Smithy? Like you say, he's very involved uh, in that team already. Um, you know, they don't call him the professor for no reason. He has one of the best rugby minds in this country. Um, and what a great chance as well to get maybe a couple of female assistants underneath Wayne Smith for that period as well. Take them through to the World Cup. It means they don't have the pressure of leading uh, the Black Ferns and being in charge of the Black Ferns uh, through to the World Cup. That still falls with Wayne Smith, but a great development opportunity for there to set the Black Ferns up uh, a little bit better for the future. So absolutely, um, Wayne Smith is one of the names thrown around. Alan Bunting uh, is another one that I understand and New Zealand rugby have been talking to. Nothing is set in stone there. Um, you know, his record speaks for itself, really, doesn't it? Amazing success uh, with the Blackburn Sevens, but I think it's really the way he galvanised that team and introduced uh, the importance of culture and the importance of, of a good environment into that team to help them on the field. Um, that seems to be what the, the Black Ferns are missing, certainly what the re- review suggested was missing. So uh, Alan Bunting, another name that could come in there in some sort of uh, capacity as well, not necessarily as a, as a key coach, but uh, maybe just to look after the culture and environment aspects of things um, moving forward to the World Cup. So what now for, for Glenn Moore? What is What will be his legacy? Um, you know, it, it appears he's been painted pretty much as a villain here, um, but I'm not sure if you went around the whole Black Fern squad, um, it would be unanimous that they feel good in him going. No, I, I don't think so either, Smitty. And I think, you know, um, unfortunately for Glenn, his tenure with the Black Ferns will be tarnished by this. Um, you know, when you look at Glenn Moore in the future, um, you know, there'll always be uh, that review that, that hangs over his tenure, which is unfortunate because he was a very successful Black Ferns coach. Um, you know, up until last year's Northern Tour, they maintained pretty much a 90% winning record. They'd won 21 out of their last 24 matches leading into the Northern Tour. Um, you know, won a World Cup in 2017. So, you know, he was a very good coach. Unfortunately, um, you know, he is part of this review that will will now likely tarnish uh, his legacy. Interesting looking back over that review, though, Smitty, uh, the name or the word Glenn Moore mentioned once. Uh, words like culture and environment are uh, mentioned, you know, in excess of 40 times. 
So clearly, uh, it can't all just fall uh, to Glenmore's shoulders here. Uh, I'm, I'm sort of, um, I, I kind of feel a bit sorry for him. I, um, I'm not part of the Black Ferns group. I'm, I'm not, you know, I don't know what really goes on. I can only read between the lines and, and uh, just read reviews, etc. like most people can, Ollie. But I, I kind of feel a, a little, little bit sorry for the guy. Yeah, and, and you know, speaking to him the other day, um, uh, you, you got that impression as well. You know, he, he, um, in his mind, was was coaching these guys and dealing with these guys in the same way that he that he always has in his six and a half years. Um, you know, unfortunately, it just sort of spiralled a little 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 bit um, out of control towards the end of it. But you know, that was to put his viewpoint of the situation. Um, and, you know, we, we hope that she's, you know, since received the help that, that she needs and that she deserves because she's been a very good servant of, of New Zealand rugby over a number of years. Um, but it does feel like Tim Morrison made a little bit of a scapegoat um, for some of this stuff, for some of these issues, which are cle- clearly deeper issues within the women's game uh, that New Zealand rugby also haven't addressed. You know, it's sat under community rugby for a lot. Uh, a lot of that period. It's only just moved into the high-performance environment. So that's not Glenn Moore's fault. In a way, he can only deal um, with the hand that he's got. And, you know, that said, under community rugby, they were semi-professional. No one uh, was on full-time contracts for a lot of Glenn Moore's tenure in charge there. Um, so a lot of the issues coming out of the Black Ferns environment and stemming from this review are much deeper issues. Just the coaching of Glenn Moore and the handling of the situation uh, with Takuda. Yep, very interesting indeed. It's uh, coming up to 10.30. Uh, Brad, uh, we're trying to get hold of Brad. He's just dropped off the line, so we've got a bit of a technical issue getting hold of him. So you're the Lone Ranger at the moment, Ollie. I'll give you a voice a bit of a breather <laughs> while we go to the news. Uh, when, we, when we come back, uh, we'll talk about some of these red cards and the punishment, etc., because they're starting to be uh, a weekly reason for chatting, aren't they? So uh, we'll talk that very uh, shortly with Ollie Ritchie. In the meantime, let's uh, head to the news with Aroha. The panel. Talk, talk, talk to me, yeah. 10.31, part two of the panel. Uh, we weren't able to get hold of uh, Brad Lewis this morning, so uh, like a Trojan, like a Trojan, Sam has stepped in. Of course, uh, he's just uh, out the back getting ready for his show with staff this afternoon. So uh, before we get back into the red cards, uh, a lot of whinging and moaning, Sam, um, around about the Warriors and uh, how they were hard done by yet again. We hear this. Uh, probably five times a season, and it reared its head again over the weekend. Yeah, I'm, look, I'm a big uh, fan of conspiracy theory, Smithy, so I uh, I love to hear what Warriors fans come up with when uh, when they're talking about the referees. I, I don't sort of buy into the idea that the Waff- uh, that the Warriors are more hard done by than anyone else because there's always you know criticism of NRL referees after every weekend. The the thing that I do qu- um, find quite interesting was the comments that were made a couple of weeks ago about how. Um, top sides are refereed, you know, more lenient than the bottom sides um, naturally by human emotion. You know, a top team you think is up the top because they play good rugby league and, you know, they don't, they are well disciplined and that's just sort of um, human nature that comes into the referee's thinking. So, look, there were three really, really bad calls for me uh, in the game and, and, it really comes down to consistency. You know, the, the Adam Fanua Blake challenge where um, Angus Crichton's hands all over the ball, the, the, the rationale was that there was no stripping motion, despite the guy having his hand on the ball or on his arm while he was trying to put the ball down. Then five minutes later, Adam Pompey's leg, the ball gets played on his leg and that gets called as a penalty. Well, there's no stripping motion there. 
there's no stripping motion from his foot. So, you know, there's, there's inconsistency across even just one game, which um, becomes very frustrating. And then, of course, there was the Reese Walsh um, over the try line, which is potentially 50-50, but I think Warriors fans can feel aggrieved. And uh, the, the pass to um, Daniel Tupou in that first try for the Roosters was so far ahead of him, he had to catch it with one hand full stretch. So how the referee standing directly in line with him can't see that, well, I'll never know. Smithy, I felt the Warriors were hard done by because I thought they actually played good rugby league. And I thought, you know, surprisingly... Um, you know, against people's expectations, um, matched it with the Roosters, who, you know, many are p- picking as a top four side. Ollie Ritchie, do you believe in conspiracy theories? Oh, it depends what the theory is, Smitty, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> generally speaking, if it involves the Warriors, I don't believe it. But, um, yeah, I think, I think they were certainly hard done by on a few of those calls. Okay, let's look at um, uh, the other issue, which has uh, been talked about, and the punishments have been dished out this morning, and I'm talking about red cards. Uh, in the Super Rugby competition over the weekend. Oh, Ollie, for you all, justified? Oh, completely justified. Uh, completely justified. And frankly, I think Scott Barrett can count himself lucky. He only got four weeks. Um, you know, he's got history with this. Um, you know, cast your mind back a couple of years to Perth. He did the exact same thing and got sent off in the first half of that. So um, I, I thought that might be closer to the five, six-week mark um, for, for Scott Barrett. You know, Josh Dixon and Sapphire Armour, both both the same. This is this is just getting quite ridiculous now, isn't it? Uh, what what more do these players need to do to get it through their heads that that, that is a retard and a suspension every day of the week? Um, we're just seeing it time and time again. The same incidents. Shoulder to the head, once again, shoulder to the head, shoulder to the head, red card, and, you know, where's the deterrence here? Uh, because the 20-minute rule uh, is clearly not working. Um, you know, I've seen some suggestions that maybe a fine needs to come into it, maybe your team is docked competition points, something like that um, would be a good idea because these players are just not getting it through their heads at the moment. Okay, um does Sam? I wonder if uh, the word intent uh, is brought in here because some, when you can see sometimes players get lined up and uh, they get, uh, you know, that there are, it's quite clear that there is an intent there uh, to single someone out and and to nail them. Mm. Uh, every now and then you just get caught in an uncompromising position uh, where you almost can't get out of it um, because perhaps you're not the original tackler, maybe. Uh, you are the second player and you're actually having to react to something's just happened fractionally in front of you. Um, uh, mitigating, they call it mitigating circumstances. Could you see any mitigating circumstances over the weekend? Well, just firstly, um, I thought Ollie made some great points there. I mean, I'm going to go against him, but only because of, um, I talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Um, Smithy, I think I asked the question to Justin Marshall, you know, uh is it on the players to, to, to get better, you know, as Ollie said, and get the message and, and start playing better? Or or do we just need to realise that rugby is, this is just the game? This, you have these areas of contact where these sorts of incidents happen exactly like you just mentioned. Sometimes, you know, a player's falling or it's a split-second decision. Now, don't get me wrong, there were incidences and there have been incidences that do I think the responsibility needs to be on the players. Like Scott Barrett, you're going high, leading with your shoulder. You are asking for trouble. I don't care whether you're slipping, whether the guy's been tackled. If you're going in like that, then that's poor technique and you deserve to be punished. But there are other instances where it is very much accidental, Smithy. And I think it's it's 
and just an unfortunate byproduct of a game that is inherently physical. That the whole point of the game is to hit guys hard. Um, and I'm not sort of going down the road of you know bring back the biff as they say in the NRL. Um, but I but I think it, it's an incredibly difficult issue because yeah, sometimes it, it, it's just unavoidable. Uh, Ollie Richie, uh, Ian Foster wants to find his best team now and settle selections in key positions such as the midfield. Uh, this is going against the grain uh, somewhat for All Black selectors who tend to wait till quite a, a long time into the Super Rugby competition, uh, even towards the end of it, before they start to formulate plans. So is this, a, um, is this part of the review, perhaps, that we've seen coming through? Well, I think it's part of the bigger picture with the All Blacks. Over the last few years, really, you, know, you, you rightfully mentioned the midfield uh, in that, um, we haven't had a, a, a clear first choice midfield appearance since Martin Nono and, and Conrad Smith, you know, and, and they retired from the All Blacks back in 2015. So what I think we need to do is, is and, you know, the Island series will give us our first look at this, is, is keep players in those positions together to actually form those combinations that we know are going to be the ones that, if, you know, if we make the World Cup final next year, we know it'll be, you know, this is clearly our best midfield pairing to do that. Um, you know, and, and he'll he'll use a bit of super rugby to, to, to find that. But I think in, in, his, in his mind, he'll probably already know who it is. And the Anton Leonard-Brown injury may have, um, may have thrown a bit of a curveball uh, into that as well. But we need to, we need to settle on that we can't just be chopping and changing every single week um like we did you know with Bowden Barrett and Richie Moanga where we wanted them both on the park for so long that we were playing Bowden Barrett at fullback for all those games um you know we finally started to settle on Bowden Barrett as our as our first choice first five um we need to start doing the same thing uh with those other key positions I put the midfield in there uh, I would put our loose forward trio in there uh, as well um, you know, this is the year to do it because when it comes to the start of the international season next year, it's too late because the World Cup's months away. Certainly not, um, Sam, getting too much of an indication about RTS. Roger Tuivasa-Shaki came on belatedly at the, the weekend and all he did was tackle because the Blues kept kicking the ball back to the Crusaders. So we're not really answering any questions there for RTS at this point. We're not, and... You know, there's two sides, two parts of me here, Smithy. One says um, I, I wouldn't put him in All Blacks jersey this year, you know, based on form and what we've seen from some of the other midfielders um, throughout Super Rugby. But then the other part of me is that side that says, well, they've clearly he's clearly made the switch to rugby with the with the proviso that he's going to be an All Black or he's going to get pulled into the All Black setup. In which case. You've got to get him in there, and you've got to see what he's like in that environment, um, and and alongside some of these other guys. So, uh, yeah, it's sort of these two schools, and, I, and I'm undecided. I guess where I sit, I, I've been really impressed with some of the other guys. I mean, um, you know, um, Nankerville for the Chiefs has been amazing. I just, yeah, I'm really enjoying, um, I guess, that discussion around who that midfield's going to be. But I think you're right; we haven't really seen enough from Roger yet to suggest that, hey, he's, he's got to be there. He's got to be the starting um, 12 or 13. So, yeah, uh, big question marks still, Smithy. Uh, Ollie, this weekend, of course, the first of our Trans-Tasman matchups were with our brothers across uh, the ditch. Um, what, what do you, if you have a look at both competitions now, pretty hard to, to sort of uh, compare apples with oranges, and that's exactly what you're doing here because they look as if they're a little way apart. But you think that will be... The scores will reflect that, uh, and the and the concept too, uh, the concept Ollie of uh, playing them all in one particular venue. 
Well, if we start on that concept, I think it's good. I like the concept. Um, I think it's, you know, we've seen the NRL do it successfully with their Magic Round um, for a while now. And I think it's those sorts of initiatives um, that are going to be good for Super Rugby and it's going to drive, um, hopefully, drive interest uh, back into it. I, I don't mind it at all. I think, yeah, things like Super Rounds are, are good concepts and, and, you know, it's good to see... Um, the Super Rugby Competitions Committee essentially looking or thinking outside the square and, and thinking about how to promote the game in a different way. Um, I think for the most part it will be pretty one-sided from what I've seen um, out of the Australian side of the competition at the moment. They are some way behind, but in saying that, teams like the Brumbies have, have shown that um, they have really good skill set right across the board. Um, and, you know, they played the Highlanders this week who have struggled so far in Super Rugby with just the one win. So you'd like to think uh, that that is a game that could go the way um, of the Brumbies. You know, same with the Reds and the Hurricanes. You know, the Reds, uh, I think, are the second-best Australian team at the moment. I, um, you know, I think that the Hurricanes are better than what we've seen from them uh, in the competition so far. But that's another game that could go um, the way of the Reds. And then you look at games like Moana Pacifica and the Force, you know, who knows which way that could go because, you know, Moana Pacifica have only been tested against the might uh, of the New Zealand franchises so far. So against a weaker Australian uh, opposition, you know, we could see Moana Pacifica thrive in that sort of game as well. I think it's really important that the Australian teams, and we've, we've read all this and we've said all this before, they must be competitive. You know, they picked up a stink a couple of years ago when we only wanted three Australian teams and they demanded you know, Rugby Australia, that is demanded they have all five. Well, you know, now it's time to walk the walk. Show us why you deserve five teams in this competition. You think we'll blank them, Sam, at the weekend, or will we slip up somewhere? (sighs) That's a good question, Smithy. Um, I think we'll blank them. But I do think that at some point um, they'll pick up a couple of a couple of wins, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if if you know it's uh, it's sort of two New Zealand teams, two Australian teams in that top four at the end. So, but I think this weekend, I think just coming off you know the hard games that the New Zealand teams have played against each other, they've just got that little bit more, I guess, hardened um, game experience. And I think, yeah, I think we're we're a shot for for a clean record this weekend. You know, the game that really interests me the most, Ollie, out of the whole lot, Moana Pacifica against the Force. Now that that's mm. for me, that's a nice indicator game. That's a really good indicator game for me. Yeah, like yeah, you rightfully say that'll be um, that'll be a really interesting um, watch. That you know, were Moana Pacifica harshly judged because they've had to, to measure themselves against um, you know those dominant Kiwi oppositions where, where they've struggled apart from that one against. The Hurricanes, you know, we'll get a, probably a better indication uh, of the progress that they're making under Aaron Major. Um, I, it might be a little bit concerning if, if the Force wipe them off the park, um, you know, because I, I don't see the Force picking up any wins uh, against New Zealand opposition. I say the same for the Rebels as well. Um, so, you know, if we start to see that become a little bit one-sided, that could be concerning. But you're absolutely right. I think that'll be a really good measure that game, and I'd. Um, you know, if you're a betting, if you're a betting man, I'd, uh, you know, I'm not sure if you've done Smithy's multi yet, but um, you know, maybe more on a Pacific, a one to twelve could be something to include. Might be something to look forward to on Friday. Uh, Ollie Ritchie, thanks very much for your lion-hearted effort this morning, and Sam for jumping in at the last minute. Uh, due to technical difficulties, it didn't diminish the quality of the panel, I promise you, Sam, <laughs> and I thank you very much for that. 
Um, we'll, we'll have another one tomorrow morning. Stuff for your face and body? It's men's skincare with a purpose. Top quality Aussie-made grooming and skincare to help guys look and feel great with no hassles. Plus, Stuff is helping mental health too. Find Stuff at Woolworths or visit websiteofstuff.com.